Welcome back to Stat Chat, dishing it with D. Klatz. This is Dave Klatsky. Today we go back to the college ranks and we delve into a high major program. Mike Venezia has currently moved to VCU, uh, but has spent the last few years under Coach Shaka Smart, who we all know is a big numbers guy. He's he's climbed the, the, the ranks of the coaching ladder and to hear Mike talk a little bit about what they do having not quite the resources of the NBA but a lot of guys that help and are willing to work so we we get really into shot quality which is something he personally does for Shaka and I've always thought this was a great way to measure uh, where your team is at if you're getting good shots and if you're defending good shots so uh, I hope you enjoy this one. Always good to get a Colgate grad on the show. Guy I coached. So here we go. Welcome back to Stat Chat. Uh, today we have with us a rising star in the coaching ranks. Also a former player of mine where he started his career at Colgate. I got him for one year. Uh, after that, he... Moved on to professional basketball for a year, uh, and then he started his coaching career first as a grad assistant for VCU and then a grad assistant for Texas, both under well-respected coach Shaka Smart, who myself and many stat people believe is is one of the pioneers of this business. Uh, and now Mike Venezia is back at VCU as the Director of Student-Athlete Development. So, Mike, I appreciate you coming on. Welcome to the show. How's everything going? Coach, thanks for, thanks so much for having me. I'm uh, excited to talk to you tonight, and um, and everything is going great. It's going great. I'm excited to be back at VCU and, and meet some new people and work with some old faces and um, just continue this, this, coaching, this coaching career. Great, great. Well, let's get right into it, Mike. You uh, – been a total of four years, no, three years under Shaka Smart. Can you just give us a little bit of of what you guys did, advanced statistics wise, under Shaka? Yeah, sure. We did a lot. Um, statistics are something that he values greatly um, for two main reasons. One, to just better understand our team, understand our players, um, how they interact with each other, how they can improve, and then. Um, and then the applied part, um, where we where, where we use this, this, the statistics and any and any associated film, ideally, um, to hold our guys accountable um, and to let them know that that these aren't just numbers. You know, they um, they're real and and they're true and and they do affect winning and losing. Um, and so we so we use a lot of statistics and we still do. Um, we did all sorts of things like um, simpler things like just keeping track of what play action uh, produces the best results consistently, um, what what lineups uh, produce the most points and give up the fewest points, um, and then and we would do that with just one player on the floor uh, individually. We do it with two player combinations, three player combinations, and then five player lineups. Um, 
from the strength and conditioning side, our strength coach uh, uses heart monitors, and I don't know exactly how that that information is applied, but but I know he keeps track of a lot of different uh, a lot of different health measures uh, throughout practice and throughout lift. Um, and then similar to the offensive measurables, um, so like what plays were working the best, uh, we, we would that same thing on defense, and we would try and determine, you know, what which one of our defenses in the half court, and more importantly, which one of our presses uh, was the most effective. So those are just a few of the things that we did. Um, definitely in my first year, and and all that stuff evolved over the next two years during our time at Texas. So um, it was a great education for me and. And, um, you know, a lot of those things that you track, we track very closely and consistently. And so uh, most of them we saw some growth over the course of the summer, over the course of the season. So, um, again, it's okay. Like that, that was, uh, that was yeah. great. That, that was a lot of info. So I'm going to go back um, okay. and kind of go through, try and go through a lot of those things you mentioned. So first one you mentioned was kind of to understand your team and your players. What specifically – you mentioned lineup data. Is that something you guys would buy a service, or is, it, or is there managers or or um, staff tracking anything in particular with with that? So a little bit of both. Uh, we we subscribe to a service called Group Stats, uh, which is a which is a great it's a great tool um, to satisfy that that first um, that fir- first goal of uh, of just understanding ourselves better. And so what Group Stats stats does is they post game they will look at the play-by-play and and i'm not sure exactly how they do it it's it's a pretty impressive system that they have i think um you know based on who is subbing in and out of the game and then what what is going on while those players are either on or off the floor um they 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 generate tons of statistics and and all of the statistics are are our team team statistics so by that i mean um you know when when dave klatsky is on the floor um how how is the team performing how many points per possession are they scoring and how many points per possession are they giving up as a team when that one guy is on the floor or when a combination of two guys are on the floor or a lineup of all five players um so so it's not just points per, per per possession it's effective field goal um, it's offensive rebounding rate, defensive rebounding rate, steal per steal percentage, turnover percentage. So, so, so a ton of different um, metrics to again just better understand our team. Um, but I guess to really answer your question, it's the group stats service that that provides that information. But this past year at, at Texas, we used that, and then we also used um, the video software that we. That we use every day, uh, Sports Code, and our video coordinator, who um, is, uh, is is a very impressive coder. He he um, codes all sorts of things that we can watch and measure, um, at, at, and the lineup efficiency is one of those things. So we were able to do it a little bit more in house this year, um, and then we just complemented that with the group stat service that that we subscribe to. The so g- give me an example of of what what he would do lineup efficiency wise. Like he would, because it seems like that group stats uh, is pretty comprehensive. So what what else could he do, or was it just kind of verification of you know, like what exactly did he do? Yeah. So so it was mostly verification to start. Um, 
the coding is something that he kind of took and ran with, and so he he tried to not only learn as much as he could, but but uh, try and keep everything in house and 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 try and just maximize the software that we had. So it, it, it was sort of a trial run uh, more than anything, just to see if we could actually uh, measure all of these things that the service provided, and um, and it was a pretty big project and. Um, the simpler metrics of just the points per possession scored and points per possession given up, uh, those were measured um, by our managers as they coded the game or, co- or coded practice through the coding that our video coordinator. Um, uh, so this guy, this guy would, yeah. in, in essence, do practices as well with managers, so you could get a. You know, almost like a because uh, group stats doesn't do practices, obviously, because they use box scores. But right. um, so you you guys, your coder would kind of go through the points for possession that you give up on offense and defense in practice. Is that right? Right. So yes, exactly. So especially during the summer when we don't have any any um, game sample data, uh, you know, it's all practice. And so we we would go five on five almost every day. Um, if not every day and for an extended period of time. So there was a decent amount of, of data to go off of there. Um, and so, you know, that stuff evolves throughout the summer. Guys, especially the freshmen, learn the defense, learn the offense. Um, so their individual numbers are going to get better. And then, and then as a team, we're hopefully getting better. Um, so, so, so during practice, it was obviously just, you know, the orange team versus the white team. Um, and all those different numbers. Uh, and then during games, um, you know, we obviously used our game data um, and and just our guys. So, so, so now, we were able to did, use yeah. – What did you guys find in that? Like, for instance, I mean, I don't even know much about Texas or, or your old VCU teams, but was there a couple guys that stood out? Um, that you could point to and be like, ah, oh, we thought this, but oh man, the stats say this, or, or did it back up? Like, was there anything shocking about what you would find w- with those stats? Well, a little bit of both. Um, from, from a defensive st- standpoint, um, well, I, I guess I'll back up. Anytime we we looked at these numbers, which is pretty frequently, we, we would try and rationalize, like, wow, you know, this guy is doing really well, or this guy isn't doing as well as he was, or. Or, 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 you know, whatever the data said, and then we try and understand why. And, and some of it is random. Um, you know, the, the advantage that the NBA has in all of their data analytics is, is that they just have a bigger sample size. You know, they play far more games, and there's more minutes in every game, so there's more possessions, a shorter shot clock, all that. So, so, sure. so in college, in college, um, you know, there's just a, a, a smaller sample size. So the number, the data is not as reliable. Um, there's, you know, there's exceptions like, you know, a guy will just miss a layup or or miss an open three or something like that. And um, while that's normal in, in the game of basketball, if the sample size is, is small enough, uh, that'll severely skew the data. So so you got to take that stuff, and we tried to as much as we could, as it, you know, in with a grain of salt or sand or whatever that saying is, um, <laughs> yeah. but 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 we would try and and rationalize it. And so um, you know if if one guy uh, his defensive numbers weren't as good as we anticipated, you know it may have been because he had been playing in a primarily freshman um, driven lineup, and so there were a lot of defensive breakdowns for that one guy. And that's just one example. Um, so. 
Um, you know, some of this stuff made sense. Like some of our bigger, longer, more athletic guys were, were much better in the press. Um, mostly our older guys were better. Um, they had a lower turnover percentage and things like that. So a lot of it was intuitive. Um, and there were a couple interesting things that, um, we either tried to figure out or we just chalked up to a smaller sample size. And, and one more thing I'll say to that is, um, you know, the Havoc style and the way that Coach Runt likes to play, we play so, so, so many different lineups because we sub so much that that, that reduces the sample size even, even more because there are more lineups being played, which means those lineups are in for fewer possessions. So, um, so, so, yeah, so, so I, 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 I was actually I, – I tracked – when I was at uh, Stevens, I tracked – I did the five-man lineups, and I was shocked mm-hmm. how few possessions, even your starters, play together yep. that I eventually after, the, I think, the first two or three years, I was like, there's really no point in me keeping this, this data because it's all it's doing is it's just noise. So I, I actually mm-hmm. stopped doing it. But like you said, in the NBA – which is what we all go by because they have so much data, it, it does matter. But for college, especially a team like v, or, uh, VCU or, or uh, the Havoc defense, there's going to be less significant data for five-man lineups. But it sounds like Shaka and you guys are using the two- and three-man data, which is going to be a little bit more significant because there's going to be more possessions. And does he specifically use this to determine playing time? Like, uh, how does he – differentiate his, you know, what he sees versus what the stats say in making decisions for lineups? So, you know, a lot of that stuff is evolving as you go. And, and um, you know, depending on who we're playing, like if we're playing a West Virginia versus, um, you know, like a Northwestern who have two completely different styles of play, um, you know, that, that may change um, which guys you – you feel better putting out there. Um, so, so, so the style of play of our opponent um, factored in. So, so, so I guess my point is just that um, you know the statistics are just a complement. They're 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 a piece of of the overall picture that you're trying to paint of your own team and 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 as you prepare for a game um, or just really you know prepare for 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 the end of the season, season as you try and get better. But um, you know, if a guy had been playing well the last few games, uh, but his numbers over the course of the year didn't necessarily re- reflect that, you know, you'd probably value more his performance over the last few games. So, so while we definitely looked at all of this information and valued it very much, um, it, 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 it was really only a piece of, of the larger evaluation. Um, and a lot of that was just, you know, how we felt about the guys that day or, or, or how they had prepared um, in the week leading up to that game or something like that. So, so there's a lot of other variables that we considered when, when determining playing time or, or anything like that. Um, so, so again, it's, yeah. It, it, yeah. it was valuable, but it was just a piece. Right. Right. It makes sense. That's, that's what coaching is all about. Um, now, can you talk a little bit? I, I've heard Shaka speak briefly about it, but, um, can you just talk briefly about, how the numbers play into his havoc style, uh, and if it does, or if he just likes playing crazy, you know, like, uh, or is there a method behind the madness? Well, well, there's certainly a method behind the madness. I mean, every rotation on the floor, um, we 
we drill, you know, every trap and every every um everything has a technique behind it. So while it's havoc, um we're that's really I guess what we're trying to create for our opponent. It's not necessarily how we play. Um you know, at times it does get frantic and and frenzied out there, but um you know, there, there, there certainly is a strategy behind everything that we're doing, both offensively and defensively. Um, or I guess I should say that we were doing. I'm, I'm no longer there, but um, right. Um, you know, the numbers um, served as a way to determine, you know, uh, what 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 presses, for example, had been working for us particularly well lately, um, and that's something that I'm even thinking. Maybe I made it preparing. too complicated. I'm, I'm even thinking mm-hmm. like, so basically. In basketball, you're trying to get the best shots you can. And and I think this is what he touched on. Maybe you can elaborate on it. Um, More or less by pressing, it's a risk-reward game. So you're you're basically saying, okay, we're going to get some live ball turnovers, which lead to very high percentage shots because we're going to get breakaway layups or advantage situations in transition. And we may give up some of those too. But we're going to get more than you're going to get because it's what we do all the time. Is that something right. that's like talked about, or, or just maybe elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, it is. Um, that's definitely something that 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 he and the staff talked about a lot. Um, you know, the shot quality stuff is something that we actually do measure. I know you and I have talked about that, um, and I guess how we measure our production off of our presses uh will look at you know what what our possessions look like after the press whether it's a steal or um you know i guess just essentially points off turnovers and things like that um or just how efficient we were in transition that's a reflection of how effective our press was most times uh there's obviously exceptions but um yeah and how exactly I mean, from, is that a, a number how is that measured the efficiency in transition is that just as simple as we got uh, 10 points in eight possessions, uh, is it that simple? Or is it like we got this? Well, I guess let's first go back to shot quality because this is something that I yeah. think is is a, an awesome thing you guys do. Uh, can you just explain exactly? Because you keep track of this, right? This is what you do personally? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Can you explain a little bit about shot quality and, and what exactly it is you do? Yeah, So 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 shot quality – as as well as the points per possession are are what we would mainly look at to see you know how how effective an action or our transition was so how many points do we score and how many possessions as you said and then also um and sometimes more importantly uh you know what kind of shots were we getting and and so we would measure the quality of our shots and it's a bit subjective we tried to make it as objective as possible um we would we would grade every shot whether it's a layup or a three or anything in between, on a scale of one to four, one being a very low, low percentage, low quality shot. So that's a, you know, a forced layup in traffic or a highly contested three or a pull-up jumper for a guy who hasn't been practicing or making those uh, regularly. Um, a two would be a shot that's just okay, definitely not good enough to win games. A shot quality three is a good shot. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, 
pretty open three for a good shooter or it's a or it's a contested layup for for a big man or a jump hook or something like that and then a four is a four we would take every possession at any point throughout the possession it's a wide open layup it's a dunk it's a wide open three for for one of our guys that 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 makes shots at a high rate um and so those are kind of the general um descriptions of each one we 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 wrote out you know more specific descriptions and those things are even um inconsistent between guys so so a guy who has um just to use the example I used before a guy who's who's a very good pull up jumper shooter um who who practices that shot consistently every day and he makes it consistently you know we would grade that that shot differently than if another guy took it who who doesn't make that shot consistently so you have to know about your guys you have to know about the time and score um you know, if it's a if it's a relatively open shot, but it's really really early in the possession, that may not get the the quality that it would have later in the possession. So so it's it, it becomes a little more complicated as you try and make it more and more objective and consistent. Uh, but it's something that we looked at um, just as much as anything else, really, especially offensively, in terms of what guys are out there that are making the best decisions in their shot selection, what lineups are taking the best shots, what and, and I guess most commonly we look at what play action is getting us the best quality shots. And and so you you can't track all that, right? You track just the result, like or are you is somebody else like possession three, uh, we uh, player X took a shot that was worth three, and but but you didn't. Did somebody else do what play it was and the result, or are you doing all that? Well, at VCU and um, I think my first year at Texas, I did the shot quality and I did that after the game, um, as well as labeling the play calls to, okay. to correlate with the, with those shot qualities. Um, this past year at Texas, uh, the shot quality was measured um, or determined by by one of our managers during the game. He would do that live, um, and then after the game, I would label all the play calls that that would correlate with those shot qualities. So. Um, it's a combination of live and then uh, and then after the game as well, just, so, just depending on so how me, much we could get done during the game. Right, which is always harder because you, you can't see everything live, um, so it right. makes sense to do both. But um, how like so? So let's say you have a shooter that's I don't know thirty percent from three, and he gets a wide open catch and shoot three. Or let's even make him worse, twenty five percent. So it's a good shot for an average person, like, is that going to get graded a four or is that going to knock? Are, are you, you, you said you take into account a lot of different things. Are you taking into account whether you think the guy's a good shooter or not? Yeah, I do. I mean, that's, that's the subjectivity of it is there's a bit of bias that'll creep in. I know, I know I, I let it creep in probably more than I should. Um, but if I see a guy out there before the game and he's really working hard and he's been working hard and he gets an open shot, and he hasn't been making it as well as we, we'd like, you know, I, I, I may give him a four. I'll probably give him a four. Um, and and just to boost his confidence, you know, you know that's a great shot. Like, we want you to take that shot. It's great that you've been practicing. You're going to make it, man. You're going to make it. So, so I mean, there is there is a bit of a, I guess, a, I guess a coaching aspect into that stuff as well, too, where, where, you know, we show these guys all of this or most of this information. And so anything where we can – we can try and motivate them and and give them a little boost of co- confidence wherever we can. Uh, we will, but 
but again, we try and keep it consistent. We try and leave the bias out. But um, but if a guy's been really working at something and 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 it's starting to come come along, um, you know, we we may err on the side of of a four over a three. So you show and, these guys. How often do you like? Is this uh, halftime? You'll show them, or at, you know, the next day when you're going over the game, or if they come in to watch film individually, or if it's posted on the the you know chalk chalkboard in the locker room. Like, they, do they see every everything practice and games? Like their their whole shot quality foundation. Yeah, yeah, they'll see all that stuff. They won't see it during the game. Uh, the only thing that we look at during the game is. Um, is is our lineup efficiencies, um, and that's why that that was one advantage of our video coordinator doing it himself this year, um, is that we could see which lineups were playing the best and and which individuals were were playing the best in that first half of the game. Um, but then in terms of their their shot making and their shot percentage and their shot quality, um, that 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 stuff will be be shown to them and 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 discussed, and they'll watch that stuff. Uh, you know, periodically throughout the week or maybe Do you get in arguments the with them? Like when you're watching film, are they like, ah, oh, come on, come on, coach, that was a three or that was a, that was a four. Or is it, are you, does that happen where they complain about it? Yes, it does. That, that, that happens, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, that was an open shot. And then, and then, uh, you know, you, you get into a friendly back and forth with them, but for the most part, they're, um, they're, they're pretty good about it. And, and hopefully you guys can come to an agreement on it. But, um, you know, it's what the coach says at the end of the day. But that does happen what, from time to time. What is, like, what are you aiming for? So, clearly all fours is ideal, but, mm-hmm. like, what's a good number? Give me, um, you know, one of the main guys on your team this year and what his average shot quality was uh, for, uh, you know, the season or even league play or, or even a game. Yeah, um, I think usually the big men um, will shoot the highest quality shots there around the basket. Um, and, you know, this year we had Jared Allen and Shaquille Clear, who um, we force-fed at times. They were they were very, very productive for, for, for most or all of the year. And so they got a lot of – they got a lot of shots, and, and we wanted them to take a lot of shots. Um, so anytime we could get those guys a hook shot – uh, you know, we, we we would be really happy with that. So I think those guys probably had the highest shot shot quality as individuals. Um, but using the data, you know, there's there's really a a very consistent correlation with shot quality and shooting percentage. So um, you know that that's how we would use it. We'd say, look, you know, on all your shot quality twos, you're only shooting 19%. But as soon as you start shooting three, threes and fours, it goes up to 45% or or whatever the number is. And that stuff, we, you know, you don't have to fudge that stuff. You don't have to, you don't have to make it up. Um, that stuff is pretty consistent for every player um, at any point throughout the year. So that's how we would use it. Um, but a good, you know, a good shot quality for the team um, is like just under three. Anything over three is really good. That's a good shot. A four is obviously a great shot. You can't get over a four. So, um, you know, just under three or anything in the three range is, was our goal, both for individuals and and the team. Have you guys broken it down? This would probably be pretty interesting to, to see, but, like, 
what the effective field goal percentage is for a, for a one, what it is for a two, what it is for a three, what it is for a four, like to have an exact, like, cause obviously one through four is pretty arbitrary, but if you broke it down where you're like, look, a one is an effective field goal percentage of, of an average of 20 and a two is 32 and three is 45 and fours are 60. So that's what you're looking at to, to make it even more relevant, not just a number one through four. Have you guys, has anybody ever tried to do that or mention that? Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, we give these guys shot shot charts, and um, and on those shot charts, they have it broken down by shot quality, and then their shooting percentage that's correlated with that with that shot quality. So, so as I said, we'll show a guy like, hey, look on our you know, over the last four games or whatever, you know, um, every time you shot a shot quality two, you know, you only had a 19% chance of making it, you know, right. when you get to a three three or four, it's significantly higher. And we'll have real numbers um, correlated with those shot quality um, numbers. And um, and so we we talk about that stuff with these with those guys really early, even in like the summer, um, when they have individual workouts or as soon as we can start practicing as a team and do things competitively and live, um, that, then those numbers really matter. And, um, and we'll associate all that stuff with film. So we'll say, here's an example of a one, here's an example of a two or three and a four. And, and then throughout the year, uh, we'll, we'll give these guys their shot charts. We'll give them their shot quality numbers and the shooting percentages and, um, and we'll show them film and say, look, this is why this was a two, or this is why this was a four, this is exactly what we want. And so hopefully that dialogue along with the objective statistics um, can just help them understand exactly what we want and, most importantly, why we want it. And the numbers usually back that stuff up pretty consistently. Yeah, that's that's great. And how, and how do the players respond to this? Do you have guys that – uh, are you know thirsty for this knowledge and love it, or are the guys uh, generally like I don't know what you're talking about, coach. I, I don't want to do any math outside of algebra college in my college class or algebra, I guess, the high school class. So maybe uh, calculus. Uh, I don't even I don't even know. How do they respond <laughs> respond to the math? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what kind of math class these guys are taking. Maybe just statistics, but um, <laughs> but I think. Uh, I think, as with anything else, you get your spectrum of guys. You get guys who just want to hoop and they'll want to watch film film of themselves. Um, but as soon as you start bringing numbers in, um, they they just want to hoop. And um, and then you get guys who are really bought into it and they're really interested, uh, maybe because they like information about themselves and maybe they really just want to get better. Um, so it's never really a forced conversation at the most, as we talked about. Uh, they may argue, you know, well, well, that was really a three. Why'd you give me a two on that? But, um, you know, that, that stuff is few and far between, especially as you get along, um, throughout the season with these guys, they begin to trust you and they begin to, um, you know, respect all of, all of these numbers and they understand that it's really for their own benefit. So, you know, right, they can argue right. all they want, but, um, a, it's not going to help them and B, you know, they're really just hurting themselves because again, all of these numbers, um, just going to one one overarching goal, which is just to get better, um, and it's just so they can understand themselves and they can understand uh, what the coaches are asking of them. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now I'm I'm going to throw something at you. I, I don't know. 
I just something I've been thinking about because, you know, obviously uh, one of the reasons I try and do this is to spark ideas for myself and others. Um, yeah. And I love shot quality. But once again, like, I'm trying to cut down on the arbitrariness of some numbers. Like, I talked to, obviously, if anybody listened to the Kevin Hubdy one with their hustle stats, and they have a couple arbitrary stats that they understand what they mean, but don't really <laughs> – you know, mean anything outside of, of what they what they know. So if you were going to do shot quality, so is there any reason you don't make it the value of the actual shot? And what I mean by that is if you have a fast break dunk, you have a 100% chance of scoring two points. So that shot quality would be 2.0. If you have a 40% shooter from three that gets a wide open three or – Let's say he's 40% on wide open threes and somebody swings him the ball and he gets a wide open three. So he has a .4 chance at three, which is 1.2. And then his best. So that shot quality would be 1.2 and so on, you know, and, and you just kind of, so you're, you're guesstimating, which you over time, like as a coach and somebody that knows stats would understand like, okay, one of my best players goes in and takes a challenged layup. But he's pretty good at it. Over time, he's made about 50% of those, like, just by my eyeball. So I'm going to give him a 1.05 or 1.1 on that shot. And then, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have the exact value of what that person is worth. Like, oh, yeah, his shot quality is 1.15, and our team is scoring 1.07 points per possession. Now, I know there's a lot of math for those people out there that don't really want to do math, but is there value to just make it exactly – you know, it's an estimate, but obviously the subjectiveness of the one through four is also a little bit of an estimate. Is there yeah. value in doing it that way? Have you guys ever thought about that? We have never thought about that. At least I have never thought about that. Um, that's a really interesting idea. And I think over the course of time, it it sounds like it has the potential to be uh, more, maybe more reliable, more objective, less, less room for bias. Um, so that's very interesting, and that's something that I would love to talk with you more about and 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 hear if you know if you've had much success. Yeah, no, with it, I, but I think I think it's got to be done by somebody like I think you'd be really good at it because you're smart and you know basketball and you know statistics. So you could watch a shot and immediately, I mean, and you would get better over time, but be like, oh, that's that's a horrible shot. Like end of the shot clock, off the dribble challenge. Like that's like a point four shot. So you get point four for that, but it's not really his fault but you still get point four for it because he has to shoot it. But instead of, you know, uh, a one for that shot, you could kind of kind of figure it out um, a little bit more accurately to basketball and what leads to winning. Because you know, um, you know, if you're 1.1 possessions or 1.1 points per possession on offense, that's usually pretty good. And if you're under right. 1.0, that's pretty bad. So you'd have a better idea of exactly – where you were basketball wise, um, but it's just something to think about. I don't, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of things we can do uh, just to you know simplify the game a little bit more and, and find out exactly what uh, guys are sh- like if they're good shot selectors or not good shot selectors. Right. And I think that's one way. Uh, just taking yours like to the next level is kind of how I see it. Um, doing it that way, but um, anyway. Moving on towards the defensive side, do you guys do any sort of shot quality for defense? Yes, we do. We just start, 
we started that this past year, uh, just this last season at Texas. Um, so uh, we we would do really the exact same same process um, defensively, and now it's a little more difficult because, at, as I said, all of those things that go into um, to to grading our guys' shots as consistently and reliably as possible, you know, you need to know those guys well. You need to know uh, what kind of things they're doing off the floor, uh, on the floor outside of practice. Um, you know, are they getting in the gym and working on these different shots? And just to give you a more so it's a little bit more of measure, a guess that, like it is a little bit more of a of a bias that you don't might not necessarily know everything about those players that you do about your own players. Right, right, and and so generally over the course, the course of a game, you'd hope that some of that stuff kind of just just leveled off, and it was reliable. Um, but but we did it as just another way to that uh, better gauge which defenses were the most effective. Um, you know whether it's half court or whether it's it's a press, and, um, and and really just take the same approach and implement that information the same way, apply that information the same way. So, you know, when we're in in double fist, you know, we give up a shot quality of this, and we give up points per, set, points per possession of this. And um, so, yeah, we, we really used it the same way, just, just to better understand um, our defense. And And would you keep track – like, to me, I think it would be really valuable to know – the difference in shot quality. So if you guys were aiming for a three, 3.0, like at the end of the game, you're like, all right, we won this game three to 2.5. And that makes sense. We ended up winning by five or by 10 points or vice versa, where we didn't get the shots we wanted and we lost by, did you, did you guys like, did that correlate a lot towards winning and losing? Um, You know, that's a great question. We, we really didn't over the course of the year look at, um, the offensive versus the defensive. Um, looking back, that's a pretty that's a pretty obvious thing to look at, and we didn't. I never thought to do that, um, but I think that w- that you would probably have a correlation. I know that in most games, offensively, you know, the higher quality shot that we took, um, the more points we scored. So, I'm, so I assume that there would be a correlation, but um, but but to find out exactly how correlated those numbers were, um, that's something that that we didn't look at. Um, you know, every few games we'd look at, oh, you know, we shot this and we gave up this, but um, but we didn't do it over the course of the year. So that's that's a good idea. That's something that 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 we'll have to implement this year. And um, so you talked about the like which defenses had a shot quality that was lower. Um, did you find over the course of the season that some defenses could force worse shots? Like at the end of the day, we're all trying to, you know our defense, we're trying to make the other team shoot as bad a shots as possible, you know, challenge pull-ups, long twos, um, covered layups. Uh, was there something you guys did that, you know, I, I have to go, we don't have the manpower that a high major program has, so we have to go a lot by eyeballing it and, and, and the result, which we do keep track of at Colgate. Um, Coach McGarvey keeps track live of, all of the possessions and how we're doing defensively, what the result is. But I I like yours better in that you do the shot quality because I think, obviously, process is probably going to be more important than result um, over over time. So um, 
was there anything that you found that the you know was more successful than other uh defenses over the course of the season? Yes. Um some of the stuff gave inconsistent results, so again I think that just speaks to the small sample size. Um, you know, some teams will get hot and they'll kinda of shoot shoot us out of the press. Um and so, you know, then for that game or that stretch of game of that game, um, you know, our pressing numbers would be would would be very low. But but over the course of the year, um our different presses definitely improved. Um I think because we had a young team and, and some of those guys didn't press that way that much um in high school or maybe they did, but the college the college game is just an adjustment. So, so so that stuff in particular got better. Um I don't know that Coach Smart wants to press as much as he can and I think the Texas teams will, will press even more in the future in the next few years. Um so more than the half court we really looked at the pressing numbers and those numbers did get better over the course of the year. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, now, mo- moving on to a little bit of practice, and we, we've been talking about points per possession a little bit here. Um, how much does he use that in practice? Does he? Not, do you guys talk about that in practice as like uh, the the number we're aiming for is below one on defense and over a certain number on offense, or is or is that just amongst the coaches, or is that not talked about at all? Well, it's majority discussed amongst the coaches, and we'll talk to the players periodically throughout the year. Um, either before the game, we'll talk about, you know, this is the defense that we want to play, or, or or these are the actions that we want to run offensively. Last time we played these guys, you know, this play was particularly good for us, or or you know, this defense was particularly good for us. Um, but in, but in practice, it's not it's not looked at um, as closely as the games. Um, I think because you can kind of get lost in the numbers, you know, in practice, if your offensive numbers are really good, then your defensive numbers are going to be pretty bad. So, right, you know, right, sometimes it, right. it gets a little tricky now, when you're I, playing against yourself. I've heard this uh, – the reason I ask that is I've heard this before, and I, I, I thought it was Shaka that did it, but I guess it's not. Um, so, do you guys – we do, you know, five possessions. Each team gets five possessions, um, and we keep track of the score. What I heard a team do, and I don't remember who it was now, is they they keep track of points per possession. So if you have five possessions, you're aiming to keep the other team under five points. So basically, you want to be below one point per possession. So if you give up two threes and two possessions, you've lost. If you give up five points in five possessions, you've won. So I thought that was kind of interesting, kind of using advanced statistics and and I, you know, we don't do it that way, and, and maybe we should. But it kind of, you know, emphasizes the point of what it's all about. In that, this is what a three is worth. This is what a two is worth. And getting back to the actual values of of what you're trying to to you know defend or score, uh, it kind of makes it kind of obvious. Like, oh wow, in five possessions, we just gave up twelve points. That's horrible, you know. Or we scored twelve points in five possessions. Like we just killed it that that five possessions. So I, I thought that was an interesting uh, way to do it. I, I can't remember who told me about that, but uh, it's just something to to think about for all you coaches out there running five possessions, uh, offense and defense. Um, yeah. Anything? I think that's anything great else? Yeah. Anything else? Um, we're running out of time here. I do want to get to the wearables. You were talking about. 
your guys wear heart monitors uh, in practice. And is that it, just the heart monitors, or is there more that they, they measure? Do they have to wear them when they sleep? Or, or what exactly are you guys doing with wearables these days? Well, I, I don't know as much about that stuff. Um, I don't know as much about, like, the possibilities of all that information, and I don't know exactly what we did. But, um, you know, I'm, I know much more about the, the on-the-court basketball, offense, defense stuff. But um, I know that they wore heart, heart monitors every day at practice and even while they lifted. Um, and so our strength coach and and the GAs and interns that worked with him, um, you know, they would look at all the information and they would, at the very least, um, you know, coordinate with the coaching staff um, you know, just how hard to go at practice that day or maybe we need to, you know, we need to ease back if the stress has been particularly high over the last few days. So as a way to help stru- structure our practice, um, help structure their own lifts, um, again, in terms of probably duration and intensity, some some function of those variables. Um, I know that our strength coach was looking at their sleeping patterns um, that was only for a stretch, stretch, stretch of time each year. I don't think that was done over the course of the season. Um, and I think that was just done with like your standard, like Apple Watch or Fitbit or something like that. They had uh, right, right. some, some sort of technology that, that tracked the duration and quality of their sleep. And again, I don't know too much about that stuff, but I know that it was used, um, for at least portions of the year. Um, but again, those heart monitors uh, and like those, like the stress levels determining how much stress we've put on their bodies, uh, both mentally and physically, um, you know that stuff was used very, very consistently. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the new wave here as as we get into you know past advanced statistics. I've talked about this before, but um, you know just treating your body right and finding out how to treat your body. And that kind of hasn't made its way all the way down to low major, although some programs are starting to do it. Um, but, you know, it is, it is a cost. So uh, it's something that we talk about every year of trying to, trying to get done. And I, I hope we do soon because I, I think it can help. And I think what all this stuff does, and you mentioned it, is it just complements your decision-making. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we coach basketball because we, we think we have an eye for it and we play it and we, we kind of know what we're looking for. But, the numbers and things can help us in our decision-making. And I think that's kind of what advanced stats is all about. So, um, so I, I just want to thank you again. This is, this was fun. This was great to hear how a high major program kind of operates and with a little bit more manpower than a low major program may have, but not even close to the amount of manpower that an NBA team has. So, uh, you know, once again, it's, it's good to hear different levels and, and what you can do and what you can't do. So, uh, Mike, I, I thank you very much. Uh, I wish you guys the best of luck there at VCU, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon. But keep on, keep on with the good work, and, and uh, good luck to you guys. Coach, thanks very much for having me. It was great to chat with you. Uh, I, I definitely learned and took away a few things. I hope I contributed uh, some information here. And um, thanks again. Uh, hope to talk to you soon, Coach. Absolutely. See you later, Mike. All right.